Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Gathering all the information you would need to stay ahead of the curve on your crypto investments. Welcome to Thriller Rundown. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world. Gather around. It's time for another exciting episode of Thriller Rundown. Today is September 28, 2020. We are talking another exchange hack. That's right. Over 150 million was drained from KuCoin this past weekend. We got to talk all about it. Top of the rundown. Let's do it. The Rundown. So over the weekend, a hacker breached KuCoin's hot wallets and grabbing close to 150 million in crypto. Now, KuCoin said in a statement that it detected large withdrawals of Bitcoin and Ethereum tokens to an unknown wallet beginning at 7.05, or I should say 19.05 UTC on Friday. The exchange chief executive, Johnny Liu, said KuCoin has transferred the remaining funds from compromised wallets to new addresses and momentarily froze customer deposits and withdrawals. While other exchanges, including Bitfinex and Tether, have blacklisted the stolen funds, an investigation is underway and the stolen customer money will be covered completely, according to an insurance fund. (laughs) So that's just the first part, right? It gets even more interesting. So... Now comes the whole tracing, right? This is the best part. This is like when it comes to hacked exchanges, like first you have the hack. It's always interesting how they did it. Usually it's like through email or something. <laughs> and then once they, they conquer that, then it's like, how do they how do they make off with the money? Right. This always gets the this always gets the, the, the crypto Twitter space like, you know, up in arms about, oh, maybe they should do it this way. Maybe should they should do it this way. Well, this guy, he actually started doing it a totally different way. Um, so he had a lot of different cryptocurrencies. He had Bitcoin, Ethereum, and XRP, and about 150 of these tokens were ERC-20 tokens. Now, ERC-20 is really a good place you can go to, get a swamp, right? You can go over there and then swamp, you know, on this decentralized uh, protocol and make out like a bandit. But it, to cash out, the crook must eventually trade all that for fiat currencies, such as dollars or some kind of stable coin. So yesterday, the hacker sold off trace amounts of synthetics, the token that powers the uh, decentralized derivatives platform. But today, the hacker has finally gone for gold. <laughs> so according to WellAlert, a Twitter bot that tracks significant cryptocurrency transactions, the hacker moved 1.1 million synthetics to Uniswap. Uh, and then since Uniswap is decentralized and not by run, or not by, uh, run by a company, the hacker doesn't have to confirm their identity or anything like that. Uh, so from Uniswap, the hacker can exchange these funds for Ethereum or pretty much do whatever he wants. It's, it's pretty brilliant. And then if you, if you keep going on here, you can see that the hacker moved 1.1 million worth of Chainlink. Um, and then it keeps going, it keeps going on where he starts moving all these other 
ERC-20 tokens, and he does a really good job up until he runs into kind of um, this thing called Ocean Protocol. So Ocean Protocol, it has an ERC-20 token, and they, they according to them, they didn't like the fact that this guy made off with 8.5 million uh, stolen, I guess it would be Ocean Coin. <laughs> so what they did is they froze uh, their their smart contract to to the to the to the main uh, 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 I guess the token contract right, and so they invalidated all of those uh, those tokens, and then uh, Velo Labs also did that as well too, and then now Tether froze twenty two million worth of the cryptocurrency, and no one has heard yet uh, what will happen to the to that token uh, as far as like what they're gonna do with it. They just froze it. Um, Appleforth has also left the suspicious Ethereum wallet. Uh, so this guy's like trying to go <laughs> full full throttle <laughs> to Uniswap and swamp these out. But a lot of people just can't catch up to him. Uh, Ocean Protocol was able to. Uh, and, and when they did that, it kind of brought this whole thing was like, and I even tweeted this out. I was like, that's not decentralized, bro. Like you, you can't you can't pause a contract and give everybody back their stolen tokens uh just because somebody hacked right just because some exchange made a mistake but in this scenario that's exactly what they did that they didn't care the fact <laughs> the fact that everybody everybody was going to tell them that they weren't decentralized they didn't care they just did it and so a lot of people were were complaining about that because then you have the whole ethereum you know fork with the dow when they got hacked and it, it brought a bunch of old old memories back up in the Ethereum space. But it's pretty funny. Like this guy actually went out of his way to sell as fast as he could. Yeah, he did a pretty good job. I'm not gonna lie. Like he almost sold it all and, and like kept it all. So that's that's a, that's a first. Usually don't see that. Okay, and then finally, Qcoin says that they will cover all the funds from insurance and reassess their hot wallet strategy with a report probably to follow in detail what exactly you know happened or what failure caused it. Uh, as far as the Tether is concerned, the USDT token smart contract has a backdoor key that can be used in these sorts of situations to freeze assets with Bitfinex. And they were previously hacked itself. So hopefully <laughs> that key, which controls some 15 billion, is kept, you know, somewhere in a Swiss bank or Swiss bunker of some sort. Right. You always hear about these, these stories of like old bunkers these crypto exchanges have bought. Um, so yeah, it's a really fascinating, uh, hack. Cause I think, I think this is the first time I've ever seen somebody make off with this much dough. Um, and then to see ocean protocol actually like freeze the whole thing was fascinating. Like that. I never saw that coming. And when I saw that kind of spill on Friday, I was just like, man, good thing I don't use Qcoin. <laughs> and honestly, it's a Singaporean, uh, exchange. Uh, so yeah, it's quite possible that not many of y'all used it before. Um, but this goes to show you, I don't have to say it again, but you know, don't leave your crypto Bitcoin on exchanges. Um, you know, <laughs> find a better place. <laughs> okay. With that, let's get into five good minutes.
So it's time for five good minutes. And this is actually an interesting five good minutes. This is a lot of the stuff that we talk about on Thriller Crypto Premium is, you know, we stick to crypto, we, we stick to Bitcoin. But every once in a while, you know, we have to we have to point out exactly what is what. And today we are talking Coinbase becoming a mission focused company. <laughs> this is not a pitch to get you guys to work, go work for Coinbase. No, no, that was a pitch made by Brian Armstrong. So if, if you if you don't know this, I'm going to explain this very simply. Right. Coinbase usually about once a month, once a month, Coinbase likes to share out a press release and it usually like does one thing. <laughs> it usually, uh, you know, either pisses off a lot of the people who who transact on Coinbase, uh, the, which are which are their customers, or it pisses off like the majority of crypto Twitter uh, because they're becoming even more. I, I hate to use the word evil, but <laughs> they're just making really bad decisions, right? Uh, and we can go through the list of them over this past year of what they've done. Um, we don't want to. I don't want to get into that right now. It's too long of a list. Um, but every month they 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 do that. They release something as far as a PR release, and it, it basically just gives you a gut a gut punch because you weren't expecting it, right? Um, so lo and behold, Brian Armstrong. I don't know why, but he decided to release a a uh, an article on. Coinbase becoming a mission focused company. But what's interesting, like if once you read this article, man, like this is this is not a very good article. And I'll, I'll put a link uh, to it in, in the uh, in the newsletter. But it basically reads like the guys basically saying and, you know, I don't fall on one way or another, <laughs> you know, with this. Right. I, I try to stay as far as way because I, I only I really guys, honestly, I sincerely mean this with all my heart. I really only know about crypto and Bitcoin <laughs> and my day job, like and then maybe like, you know, Dallas Cowboys, right? And the sports like, you know, very minimal football, right? Like those are like three big things that I know a lot about. Right. But Bitcoin and, and crypto mainly is up there <laughs> along with my day job stuff. So I will tell you that I have no idea how, you know, the rest of the world works. You know, I just me personally, I just found out how all this macro stuff works. You know, the past three, four years, you know, as covering Bitcoin and stuff, you just start understanding how the macro side stuff works. And, and that takes time anyway. So when it comes to like political stuff or anything uh, related to like different countries and how they, you know, you know, interact with other countries and how that political system works. I really don't know. I'm out of my, you know, total out of my, <laughs> out of my little kind of, you know, you know, spin wheel here. Right. So with saying all that, I, me personally, I would never release <laughs> something like this because Brian, Brian Armstrong basically released a statement saying that Coinbase is now a apolitical company. And, you know, I can look up the word apolitical because I had to because I was like, what does that even mean? Uh, it means not interested or involved in politics. Right. Uh, so he took an apolitical stance. Right. Um, and so I have no I have no idea why you would release a statement like that and then give like a list of things why they are apolitical as a company. Uh, and then this kind of mission statement as to why 
We don't engage with issues that are unrelated to our core mission. Like he basically went into all this. Right. And I I don't understand why you would do this other than to just like stir the pot. But then I started thinking about like who Coinbase is actually working for. Right. And the we know behind the scenes, like who puts a lot of money in Coinbase. You know, DCG owns a big portion of Coinbase. You know, some people behind them are as well as uh, Andreessen Horowitz, Tiger Global Management, even the Bank of Tokyo, DFJ. Like there's a lot of people where you're just kind of scratching your head. You're like, hmm, <laughs> you're kind of like wondering, like, hmm, what is what's going on there? Um so to say that they're trying to become a uh, national, I guess, institution for crypto is an understatement. I think this is kind of the path that Brian was always headed towards. I think he wanted to be as, you know, straight and arrow, very much like middle of the road, boring financial company. And I think by making this statement, that's exactly where they're kind of hanging their flag and, and saying, this is what we stand for, which is nothing but money and profit. And I, and I, I don't have, I don't have to pass judgment or anything just being an analyst, but it does let me know in the future where they stand as a company. So this is why I'm reporting the news to y'all like this, because I feel like Knowing where Coinbase stands in the end, and they are such a big company in the ecosystem, um, gives us a tell of what they plan on doing in the future. So, yeah, I, I find it very bewildering, like why they would release that. But as I started really diving into it, you kind of find out exactly like why that is. You know, they're trying to be a boring financial institution and this makes them really, really boring. But at the same time, pisses a lot of people off, especially right now during this kind of, you know, year of 2020. It's been crazy. Um, but with all of that being said, they're trending on Twitter right now. <laughs> like, like a lot of people are pissed off. Like a lot of people are pissed off. Uh, I'll put a link in the uh, show notes so you can take a look. But yeah, that's my five minute kind of roundup on what Coinbase is doing. We'll see you next month when they give us a right hook with news. <laughs> Let's get to quote our truth. The hot truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. So today in Code Hard Truth, we are talking why rap BTC is not the real Bitcoin. Now, right now, there is a lot of people on crypto Twitter that are talking about rap BTC who also hold a lot of Ethereum and they treat rap BTC, WBTC or Ren BTC or a dozen other types of wrapped Bitcoin on Ethereum like it's the real thing. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not the real thing. <laughs> and, and I'll put uh, some flow charts inside the newsletter so you can see. So let's take WBTC, for example. I actually own some WBTC uh, on Ethereum. I have some in my wallet. I, you know, it's one of those things where I, I want to be a practitioner. I want to play with this stuff. I want to know what I'm talking about before I just start spewing my mouth. Right. And so I, I played with it. Um, and yes, it's fast. Yes, it's an ERC-20 token. Yes, you can buy the same amount uh, as you would, you know, with a, a regular Bitcoin on Ethereum. But is it a Bitcoin? No, no. 
Not at all. Can I trade it for Ethereum or Tether or anything like that? Yes, absolutely. But is it a Bitcoin? No, no. So how do I get my Bitcoin? How do I go back to Bitcoin? We have to go to a what I'm calling a centralized web page. And from there, you send your WBTC and then it converts it and spits out your BTC into a wallet of your choice. Now, I'll put a flowchart in here. But if you look like if you look at WBTC, for example, you can see that it's all held at BitGo and BitGo, BitGo is actually doing the custody for for this Bitcoin. So this is another reason why it kind of weirds me out a little bit. And I'll, I'll tell you why. But let me kind of explain this real quick. So BitGo, BitGo, you know, collateralizes this BTC, basically says, yes, there is this BTC and a custodial wallet. And then it gives permission you know, to this minting service, you know, that's called WBTC and says, yes, we can concur that there is Bitcoin being held by BitGo, our custodian. And yes, this is a one for one, basically peg to a Bitcoin that's inside of that, you know, custodial wallet. Uh, and then from there, it goes into an ERC-20 token. And then from there, it goes into the Ethereum ecosystem. And that's how that could create gets created. Now, the biggest problem I have with this is, you know, I don't know BitGo's security and, you know, whole financial, you know, structure as far as, you know, how they, you know, can tell us how many BTC they have. And, and I don't know if they're getting audited by a, 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 a secondary fiduciary or, 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 or whatever. Right. Uh, I do know that there has been 114,889 Bitcoins that have been converted to Ethereum based representations of, of Bitcoin on Ethereum. Now, RAT BTC dominates the synthetic BTC market. So most of this is coming from this WBTC mint flow. Now, don't get me wrong. There's other types of Bitcoin that you can find on Ethereum. There's REN BTC. Um, I think there's CBTC. Uh, there's a lot of different types of BTC. But if you look at um, MakerDAO and some of these other uh, ap applications like Compound, uh, they, they both take WBTC, right? And this BTC can be used on, on DeFi protocols, which grow more popular by the day. I think we recently saw it go from, what was it like, 2 billion here in June, July, and then 4 billion. And then it went bonkers to like close to 9, 10, 10 billion, um, just like that. And so a lot of this stuff, you know, as far as the industry, it, it's great. It's great for the industry. It's great for profits. It's great to make everything go up. It's, it's actually good for Bitcoin because it actually uh, injects more liquidity into Ethereum, which then goes back into Bitcoin because all roads lead back to Bitcoin. So for me, it's not a surprise. You know, we saw that little rise during the whole DeFi pump for Bitcoin. Now, in most cases, um, this BTC collateralized ERC-20 token um, is pegged to the market value of Bitcoin, but each one can have its own kind of variant. And you see that with, you know, HBTC and RENBTC. Um, those are different types of wrap, um, Bitcoin. And so there's a lot of volatility there as far as um, these DEXs go, as far as Uniswap, as far as, you know, um, any one of these Ethereum DEXs that you use WBTC on, you're going to see a price that's probably going to differ from the real price of BTC. And usually it's more than the current price of Bitcoin, which is sometimes good and sometimes bad, depending on, on what you're trying to trade. Now, um, the biggest the biggest problem I have with this is that you have Ethereum people say that 
this rap BTC is better or it, it, it is Bitcoin. And in reality, it's not. In the early days of 2017, 2018, there was something called a, a, a Bitcoin tether. And this was done by Stellar. This is why I say like Stellar really was ahead of its time when it comes to a lot of this stuff, because they were making these tethers for Bitcoin, for uh, Ethereum, for all these tokens on their decentralized exchange called Stellar X that they had that was open source and they ended up selling off. I don't know why that was really stupid. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, they were doing a lot of this stuff that's being done. And I don't know if you all remember, but back in the day, I used to always talk about how like I'm trading some Tether BTC and and regular XLM and, and kind of and kind of what you would I guess at the time I didn't know it was called this, but what I was doing was you know very similar to what forex traders do right where they trade these currencies, um, and that's kind of what I was doing. So I was selling like you know XLM at a height and then swapping it for Bitcoin, and then Bitcoin would rise and sell it back to XLM because it already had dropped and. There was a lot of that going on and I made a lot of money doing, doing that in the early days of that just because the, at that time, that's when they had they had just barely released. Um, I'm trying to think what was the name of that. They're still around, actually. Um, not trust. Stronghold. Stronghold. So Stronghold was doing a, a USD tether as well, too. So there was a lot of things that they were doing. They were ahead of their, their time. It's just, man, dude, they just didn't stick with it. Anyways. So let me get back to WBTC. So what I'm trying to say is this demand of, of, uh, of WBTC that's driving this Ethereum market right now is a good thing. It's all good for Bitcoin because at the end of the day, people are going to trade that WBTC for some other hot ERC20 token of, of the weekend or of the week. And that's they're going to lose their WBTC, right? And so or you know, they'll be smart and they'll, you know, put it into compound and then compound will hold it there. That's what I'm doing with my WBTC, you know, just trying to generate some more comp, right? I mean, I definitely think comp is going to be worth something here in this next run. We'll see, we'll see if that happens. Hopefully it does and then be rewarded. Um, the other option for you is to put your Bitcoin in a centralized exchange. You know, there's dozens of them right now that give you some kind of interest. Um, and that's cool too. Uh, but you know how that goes because potentially it could be hacked. Um, but at the end of the day, rap Bitcoin is not the real Bitcoin. And just because people say it is <laughs> doesn't mean it's true. You can say it, you can say it over and over and over again, but it's not true. Uh, there is no Bitcoin on Ethereum. Uh, there's a token that says there's some Bitcoin in, Bit in BitGo's custodial wallet. That is a one for one for that one. But at the end of the day, you got to take their word for it. Um, <laughs> and I do realize that right now as I have my Bitcoin into a compound, I do realize that that, that Bitcoin could go away. Uh, now, mind you, I should say I don't have a full Bitcoin in compound. I wouldn't do that. Uh, but, you know, it's a couple hundred dollars, right? Just to test it. Um, so I will say this and, and I'll leave you with this, right? You know, Bitcoin is going to continue to be used on other on other ex exchanges, on other blockchains. But at the other day, you want to make sure you hold your Bitcoin. You know, you truly hold your Bitcoin because I think what we're starting to see here is a play for these these centralized uh, custodians to start to go after people's Bitcoin, um, to start to control it. And I don't think that's a good thing. Uh, I, I think uh, here this next bull run. You want to make sure you're holding your own Bitcoin because, you know, I feel like 
I would just hate to see somebody lose their Bitcoin. I've, I've heard stories just on Reddit, you know, people putting into exchanges and unable to get their Bitcoin out because they, you know, didn't have this or that or they got flagged on their account for this or that. And I would just say, be careful with that. Right. Um, and with WBTC and, and ERC20 token, this whole token that, uh, that Bitcoin is, be careful with that too, right? I mean, it's so easy to to lose um, to lose a transaction <laughs> when when transacting on Uniswap with WBTC. You know, we've even seen like contract addresses, you know, in the past get hacked. So it's possible, like you know, WBTC's contract address could get hacked, or RenBTC, or you know, I'm sure somebody's trying out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's all sorts of things that I can't even think of that could happen. Right. And really start thinking to yourself, like, especially me, like car, is it really making, is keeping WBTC and compound really making you a lot of comp? <laughs> and I have to ask that question to myself right now. It's actually, let's see if it is or not. I don't think it is. I think it's, I need to do a recap episode on this because we've been doing it since June. Um... Uh, I don't know. I, th I guess it's worth it. I guess it's worth it. But at the end of the day, you got to make that decision, right? Okay. Yeah, so we actually have uh, Bitcoin in October coming out tomorrow. So, yeah, get ready for that one. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a really fun episode. That's you know that's usually that's our most popular episode of the month is that Bitcoin one. Everybody loves it. So make sure to tell your friends. Okay, I want to say a couple things. October is literally this week, and. This is where we're going to start launching, baby. I'm telling you, it's going to get crazy very fast. And we're going to dive into it tomorrow on Thriller Coin Talk, Bitcoin in October. But I will tell you right now, just because I love y'all, get ready by the 13th, 14th, 15th of October. It's going to get parabolic. I, I am not joking around when I say that. I'm going to bring all the data tomorrow. I'm going to bring all the metrics. You're going to be like, holy crap, holy car. You're, you're, you're dropping all these Bitcoin bombs. And I'm going to be like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. So get ready for it. But until then, see y'all next time. Bye.